and welcome to Raise a Glass, the podcast where we talk about the stories and storytellers that shape us. My name is Eric Lintola. And I am Hunter Danson. Uh, today, uh, we're coming at you with a special episode for, uh, and it's special in a couple ways. Um, the first is that it is an episode that is outside of our normal kind of time when we, when we, uh, record them, it's going to be a little bit shorter. Surprise. Yeah. Yay. Um, the second reason it's special is we're talking about an artist who is near and dear to, to my heart and that of my wife, uh, more so than me, but, uh, in Taylor Swift and her new album that just dropped. Um, and the third of reason why it's a special episode is Hunter. It's our 10th episode. Oh, wow. Do you realize that we've been doing this? This is our 10th episode. Yeah. yeah. So 10 weeks, all of those hours of us having random conversations over the last 10 years about random things have finally paid off and that we've now created well, 10 episodes worth of content. Yeah. Uh, Not monetarily paid off. No. Oh, yeah. That's know. true. True. Um, <laughs> content. Content wise, yes. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Content breeds creativity. Uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that statement. Um, but Hunter, I know you had something you wanted to talk about from our last episode. Just a little update. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a couple things. Uh, one was uh, in She Hulk. It's not Cardi B who makes a cameo. It is Megan the Stallion. So I just wanted to correct that. Uh, and the other one is I wanted to share the quote from Tolkien. Um, he quotes this old English poem by Sir Thomas the Rhymer. And he says, Tolkien says, the road to fairyland is not the road to heaven, nor even to hell, I believe. Though some have held that it may lead thither indirectly by the devil's tithe. And then he quotes this old English poem. O see ye not yon narrow road. So thick beset with thorns and briars, that is the path of righteousness. Though after it but few inquires, and see ye not yon braid, braid road that lies across the lily leaven, this is the path of wickedness, though some call it the road to heaven. And see ye not yon bonny road that winds about yon ferny bry, that is the road to fair elfland, where thou and I this night mun guy. I believe I've totally butchered the pronunciation, but you can look it up. Um, Anything to share about that? Well, uh, I don't know. I I was mentioning it in the context of uh, the kind of the spirit of Tolkien's writing and searching for adventure. And I realized that it might, not be exactly what he meant. I, I, I think it's still not clear exactly what he meant um, because he just kind of quotes it and he doesn't give too much beyond that. He, he expands on it later in the essay. Um, and there is a great um, enactment of this essay that's kind of shortened, uh, but you can look up on YouTube by Kevin O'Brien. And um, he I, I highly recommend um, listening to it because it gives kind of the a fuller picture of Tolkien's vision of writing fantasy as not just a diversion, but as something that realizes uh, the potential of our imagination as something that points to something beyond this world. 
something greater. Great. Um, I wish I had a beautiful transition from there um, to to our topic today. Um, even though I, I think that Taylor Swift has definitely been a a voice and a storyteller who has impacted our generation and clearly the entire world. Um, as far as just the impact of her music and her albums, um, she's won. It seems like almost any award that's out there. Um, and she's gone through a lot of different genres of music as she's progressed as an artist, um, which is actually one of the reasons I was interested in this episode. But just a little of an update for, for those of you who haven't listened to Midnight's yet or maybe don't plan on listening to Midnight's. Uh, just here's a little bit from Taylor Swift about uh, what this album is about. Midnight's are the, is the, the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life. Uh, she says that it's for all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. Uh, she later revealed that the songs in Midnight's were inspired by five different things, including self-loathing, fantasizing about revenge, wondering what m- might have been, falling in love, and falling apart. Um, so I, it turns out Taylor Swift's favorite number is 13. And so the idea, uh, there's 13 uh, songs on the regular album uh, to represent those 13 nights. Uh, And she also has uh, a deluxe album, which has a few extra tracks, which I've listened to. I don't know if you had the chance yet, Hunter. Listened to a couple of them. Uh, Yeah. And so it's that one's called uh, the 3AM edition. And that has a few extra songs um, that she wrote on the journey of finding that and Magic 13, she said, and she's calling those the 3 a.m. tracks. So it was released today at 12 a.m., which is kind of a poetic uh, decision Mm -hmm. uh, for an album called Midnight's. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk a little bit about this album. Um, But even more so, um, uh, before we get... before we get to that, though, let's talk about what's in our glasses. Of course, that's a regular (laughs) tradition here at Raise a Glass. Uh, Hunter, what is in your glass today? I have some freshly ground, freshly brewed black coffee. I actually also have um, coffee with some creamer uh, from my favorite um, cafe and roastery uh, down the street from mm-hmm. where I am, just a few minute walk, called New City Cafe. Um, best best coffee here in Rochester, um, brewed locally in the city of Rochester. Um, not only do I love the taste of their coffee and the atmosphere of the shop, um, but I love their mission and how they approach it as an organization. So check it out. Mm. So Hunter, we are about the stories and storytellers that shape us. Um, Taylor Swift has shaped me, um, but I don't know (laughs) if she's shaped you at all. And it's okay if she hasn't. Um, Uh, I have resisted being shaped by Taylor Swift. (laughs) When I I was in high school, I was... um, lot more dogmatic about music um and there were two friends in my youth group who used to tease me about taylor swift uh and how much it annoyed me and i think that was uh so i mean looking back on it now i like i like to for early stuff like um what is you belong with me i think okay she wears 
George Schwartz, he was East Team Cat. Yeah, I think I, you know, that's that's fine. Um, I didn't really like like her newer stuff, like "Look What You Made Me Do" and that kind of stuff. I thought it was, I don't know, um, kind of a similar pet peeve I have about Adele is that all the music seems to be about breakups, um, which a good breakup song is is you know is fine, but. Uh, I just want something, something more. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't dislike Taylor Swift, I guess. It's just, I have a weird self-consciousness about it where I feel like me, dis, me just not really liking Taylor Swift that much because she is so liked by everyone else <laughs> makes it seem like that I, I hate Taylor Swift, which I don't, but it's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just my own personal internalization <laughs> curmudgeonliness hunter i love how your curmudgeoning curmudgeon curmudgeonliness helps you fight the mainstream uh i think that's that's a piece of it and actually later in this yeah. episode uh, and i bring it up now so don't forget i want to hear you talk a little bit about a concept album that you're creating um as oh i know that this is a concept album that that taylor swift created um but we're not there yet. We'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> um, I know you sometimes need a little bit more time to, uh, I, I'm a very much an off the cuff person. Uh, and you tend to think more about what you say before you say it, uh, which is part of yeah. the reason why you sound so much deeper than me, um, regardless of whether you actually are. Uh, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let our viewers decide on that. Um, or listeners, I guess nobody's viewing us, which is probably a good thing. Um, yeah. But let me tell you a little bit about my experience with Taylor Swift, um, mm. because I didn't really get into Taylor Swift until Speak Now, uh, which came out in 2010, uh, which mm. I was in 10th grade or about there. Um, I knew about Taylor Swift. Um, but for me, that that summer, the summer after, the summer after that album came out, um, I don't know if that was 2010 or 2011. My family, which um, one of our family mottos is find the hardest way to do something and do it that way first. Um, because my dad's kind of view is, well, I always end up doing the hardest way anyway, so might as well just start there. Right. Um, so in that uh, vein, we decided to paint the outside of our house. Mm. Uh, not to hire somebody right. to do it and not even to use some of those spray paint things. We hand painted with brush and rollers the right. entire outside of our house, we did two coats of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you scrape and sand uh, some? And but thankfully, prime? it was. I thankfully it wasn't too much, too bad. Um, okay. I just yeah. wanted to turn it from brown to green. Um, and yeah. in that summer, I listened to this album "Speak Now" dozens of times, <laughs> um, and came to really, really like the album. Um, there's a lot of, I think, really. There are a couple songs I don't love on it, but uh, it's just such a such a fun album. Um, it, it's it was kind of like as she was transitioning from country to pop. It's definitely a pop pop album, um, but it just got, was that like Bad Blood. Which one? Yeah, is that? Oh, but, um, uh, Red Repu- Reputation. You're probably thinking of Reputation or, okay. or 1989. Yeah. I don't know. So so Taylor Swift starts country. She moved towards pop. Then she moved towards kind of like a like a darker pop almost. Um, <laughs> and then um, the, epi- the 
uh, last two albums before this, um, Folklore and Evermore, uh, were folk music, um, mm-hmm. which is I was kind of thinking that this album might continue in that vein, but it has definitely turned back to pop. Um, so much yeah. of my love for Taylor Swift comes from from Speak Now, and I can sing many songs from the different albums, but I can sing you know, every single song from Speak Now, um, and um, there's, let me just, just touch base on one or one or two of the songs that have really kind of impacted me. I'm just trying to pull up the, the song list, which you know, you'd think it'd be easier to do with technology today than, um, did you try turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> uh, <of course. laughs> uh, speak, speak songs is what I typed in. That's why I probably, there it is. Um, here it is. Okay. Um, there are a couple of songs. The, the first and probably the one that's impacted, um, uh, my, myself the most is the song Enchanted. Um, mm-hmm. it was enchanting to meet you. Please don't fall in love with someone else. Please don't. Um, there's actually a, a, a version of it that Owl City wrote back, um, which is, <laughs> It's hilarious. I remember being all into that when that came out. Um, it's a song my, my wife and I have talked about a lot. Um, and at different times, I've talked about the way that that's kind of been part of part of our relationship. You know, every relationship needs a couple mm-hmm. songs that kind of drive it. Uh, and so that's one that we've kind of connected with. Because um, the first time we ever met, we were in a in a crowded bar. So, uh, oh, yeah. Which kind of fe- speaks into the vibe. At least that's what I say. My wife mm-hmm. says the first time we met, we were uh, at a church um, with, with our church small group. Um, both of us are true. So that's mm-hmm. one. And then the other one is, well, there are a lot of songs I love in this. Um, there are a lot of very funny songs, but the other one that has connected with me, uh, for a while is the song long live, long live the night. I don't remember the words. Um, I could sing them with her, but, uh, the reason why that one's connected with me is I have long believed that that song long live should have been the soundtrack to the uh, final one of the Hunger Games series. Um, Because I could see Katniss Everdeen singing that to to PETA at the end. Um, (laughs) I I just, I feel like it should have been the the track at the very end. I think that just, it really uh, overlays um, pretty Mm. accurately with what's happening in in, in those movies, really in those books. Uh, Maybe we can talk about Hunger Games in uh, in a future adaptation conversation yeah yeah for sure so those are a couple of things and so entering into this this album i've listened to a lot of taylor swift my wife's been to at least one taylor swift concert um we were watching the nfl thursday night football game last night and my wife came back downstairs to watch a little sneak peek of the album coming out uh Uh, taylor swift is a kind of a, a, a a storyteller that's impacted impacted us um even though I'm not as much into pop as I am into um, some of the other genres that she's done. Hmm. So the album release crashed Spotify. Did it? Mm-hmm. Oh man. I, I wasn't, I didn't stay up to a minute. I fell asleep. So, Me too. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> I, I, I tried to stay up even to watch a football game and I just was whew, gone. Mm. Um, 
What did you think of this album? Uh, maybe that's kind of a, or, I don't know. Does um, anything stick out to you? Did you get a chance? Like, what, what, do you, what did you think? Yeah, I did. I did kind of a cursory listen at, on phone speakers because mm-hmm. that's all I could do today. Yep. Um, but well, that was an interesting sound. Um, it's not, I don't think it's like a groundbreaking sound. Maybe it is for Taylor Swift, but um Reminded me kind of of Glass Animals. I don't know if you ever listened to them, but uh, I love their album Zaba. Um, I just go through phases where I listen to Zaba over and over. Um, and it ha- had that kind of feel to it, some like interesting synth mm-hmm. sounds and stuff. Um, but there's some, some good lines. Um, I don't think there was a song that wasn't about a breakup or a... a relationship maybe anti-hero um, oh i think that's the best album song on this album yeah at least the music video um did, music video is did you good. see that yeah. i was gonna ask you about it. that was fun that was yeah <laughs> it was i thought it was really cool and she's gonna be releasing a lot of albums i think this entire i think um, maybe even one for every um song like part of the her like this is gonna be a visual album as part of her hope for it um i know the next one's dropping in four days but that music video is so funny because like it starts with this like like this weird like I don't know there's so many things that are happening she she's like a huge giant in a mm-hmm. small every you know, small room and then all of a sudden there's like the funeral scene where it kind of breaks yeah. into like a conversation um, I mm-hmm. I burst out laughing during that bit yeah it's pretty funny um, <laughs> and I I, I appreciate uh, and I think she's done this before with her music videos um, where she takes a break from the song mm-hmm. and like has a dialogue piece of it. Um, Cause it's part of a larger story. And she's actually did that with one of her most recent albums. There's a 10 minute video um, that was a, a full on story, which was a little bit much for me. Um, again, it was, um, but that's just me personally. I, I, I watched most of it, uh, but this one I just thought was, was really funny and, and kind of for me captured more of the idea of like, ah, that's what you mean when you, I mean, Anti-hero is a pretty regularly used term, but yeah, no, it was it was interesting. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe this is something. This is going to sound curmudgeonly. I just uh, it's like I like Taylor Swift, but I I I guess I just don't understand. I, I'm not convinced that like the amount of uh, attention and like scrutiny that she gets is um, equal to the, the quality of the music and the songwriting. I just, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of the nature of like the music industry and, and being a pop star and being popular. I think what- which I guess, you know, anti-hero is kind of about that. I think. I think one of the things that is important to keep in mind when you talk about Taylor Swift um, is also the way that she has helped music, the music industry, like break down, like some of its mm. longstanding barriers and like longstanding problems. Like she's currently, mm. um, she's still in the process of re-recording all of her albums um, to have a Taylor version of them where she actually owns the rights to the songs oh, okay. that she's written because um, I can't remember the name of the, the guy. There's this whole thing about it, like, like who's making tons of money off of her her albums, 
um, and is still making tons of money. And it's this this challenge of like the creator of the music should have more power over that. And yet the way that so much right. of the music industry is created, it's the producers have this way. They can get you on the radio. Thus they should have the rights to the music, all these pieces. And she's recording, re-recording her own music and like releasing new albums that people are buying in mass uh, because mm-hmm. they want to, not only do they want to support Taylor Swift, but like it's also a way in which Taylor Swift is helping. I think, She's a she's using her platform to help the music industry and to help artists. I think, and she like used her platform as well in um in a court case as well, um, which was mm. I think pretty widely known in the way that um you know, I'm going to start talking about this and not be able to follow it up with with actual information. Um, hold on a second, I don't want to say something that's just so blatantly not true. Yeah, there was a um, Taylor Swift um, won a court case where she um, sued a, a a former DJ for sexual assault. Um, oh, and she sued him yeah. for one dollar. Um, one dollar, and because she didn't need the money, um, but okay. she sued him. Um, because yeah. sexual assault is not okay on any level, no matter who you are. Um, right. And so, like, to me, that's a way of. Uh, in December 2007, Swift was named as a silence breaker in Time Magazine's Person of the Year issue. Um, and and she won the court case. Um, and so it just, I think she's done so much more for music, for artists and for women and for, um, maybe our country's approach, um, to, you know, I, I think that, I think she's, she's really impacted, um, a large aspect of the public, um, in ways mm-hmm. that I would say are very, very positive. Um, in addition to so much of her music is, is I think she writes almost all of her music by herself. She started co-writing some pieces. Um, like that was one of the things that I enjoyed about her music early on is that it wasn't mm-hmm. like it, it started off as just her. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think this album for me wasn't like, oh my goodness. Um, mm-hmm. So, so interesting, even though, like, in, especially in the same way that, uh, folklore. I I listened to that and I was like, oh, I can get, I, I can get back into Taylor Swift because I don't listen to pop music like at all, um, unless it's like <laughs> punk uh, or you know or like early two thousands <laughs> like nostalgic pieces for me. Obviously, we did an episode on on Lincoln Park, which is more rock, right? Uh, Screamo, yeah. hip hop, whatever. How can you put a label on a lifestyle? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, but I will. I am looking forward to the new. Um, music videos that come out because uh, I think that this one was, was really fun and kind of brought the music to life in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, Any other standout songs for you? I, I listened to, so I, I like you, I only got to listen to it once. I, I started a second, second listen. Um, I enjoyed um, 
the the three AM edition, the song "The Great War." Um, I I can't tell you what specifically about it that like really kind of like connected with me, but like I thought that was really kind of a a fun fun song, not like fun like yay type song, but like it hmm. I liked it. Um, and dear reader, I don't know. I'm. I think as I spend more time watching and listen to the, some of these songs, and I, I probably will, um, I, I'll have more thoughts on it. Um, like part of the reason I wanted this conversation was, was to talk about like kind of what I was able to share about Taylor Swift. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think that Taylor Swift, maybe more so than anybody in our generation, Hunter, like has impacted the course of music um, Mm -hmm. and the like as an artist, like impacted um, our culture Um, regardless of whether she deserves it or not. um, I do think she's also used her spotlight. um, I I do not think she's used her spotlight selfishly, selfishly, um, which I impresses me. I feel like that I see a lot of examples of, of men, uh, boys and girls as they grow into men and women, um, Mm -hmm. making it about them and kind of, and I I don't see how anybody could, could live with the spotlight on them. It sounds like the most terrible thing ever. I I would never want to be that famous. Sure. At the same time though, I was thinking about it when I was listening to Andy here and watching the music videos. And again, I don't want this to, to come off the wrong way. Like I wish Taylor Swift all the best. Um, but I, I think it's also kind of a, a trope. Like the persecuted artist is kind of a trope. Um, can you clarify what you're talking about that in relation to? Because we've talked about some things on this episode. So you, already. you were talking about um, living in the spotlight, okay? And how hard it would be to live in the spotlight. And yeah, Jake, I, that I like my privacy, and I wouldn't want people knocking on my door all the time. But at the same time, like if you have that much attention, usually it's you also have a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of privilege as that comes with that as well. So I don't know. I I tend to resist the the great man theory um, and this uh, great artist theory, which is the theory that artists are great and they should be worshipped. Um, <laughs> Yeah. which we do a lot in America. Yeah. Um, we worship anybody who's famous or who we desi- right, yeah. decide is quote unquote famous. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's, I, I don't think like, I'm not trying to, to throw criticism at, at Taylor Swift. I'm just trying to say that maybe we shouldn't like treat her in that way. Um, I guess like uh, treat her as an artist who's making art rather than like a pop culture music 
goddess or something. I don't know. <laughs> I I appreciate what you said. I think that what you said could be said about pretty much any well-known artist. Um, and I want to reiterate that what you're saying is you're talking specifically about the artist, like being, um, you know, having the quote, having the challenge of being in the spotlight. Uh, you're yeah. not talking about it in relation to other pieces. Uh, right. This episode. Okay. Just wanted to reiterate that bit. Um, the, yeah. Does the, does a famous artist, should, should we pity, pity a famous artist more than we pity, um, other less fortunate people in our society, I guess. I, uh, I don't know. I hope you weren't hearing me as saying I pity her. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, that, that's the wrong word. Great. I'm going to uh, cut everything that I just said. I, I, I don't know. I'm breaking down. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Falling apart. <laughs> so there's a lot Take of songs on this. <laughs> so there's a lot of songs in this album that we didn't talk about um, and that we're not really going to talk about. Um, if you were going here for a play-by-play about um midnights um you probably haven't heard any other office episodes we've done um (laughs) that's not really kind of how we've gone about things um but i i do want to say that i i appreciate taylor swift um i think that um it's it's real i've really enjoyed being able to kind of listen to her music as she has um grown and as her styles have changed even if i haven't enjoyed everything um, I think in many ways uh, I'm experiencing kind of her growth, um, just like maybe other generations have experienced that of David Bowie um, or of mm. um, the Beatles or other uh, Whitney Houston, other artists who have like changed, like you know, have gone through like mm-hmm. ups and downs as far as ups and downs in the versions of like they've, they've changed the genres and changed the type of music or how they go about it. Um this one definitely has more synth than I feel like some of her other pieces. Um, and she's making a move back towards pop, at least in this album, who knows the trajectory as a whole. But mm-hmm. one of the other pieces of this album, as I was bringing up earlier, is that it's a concept album. She took an idea of those sleep, sleepless nights and created an album called Midnights. And, Hunter, I know you are currently working on an album. In fact, um, one of pe- one of the songs on that album has already been played uh, on this on this podcast. Uh, can yeah. you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, uh, if you're still listening um, after I dug myself an eight foot hole, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's a labyrinth here. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I have just been writing music for for a long time, uh, and this I noticed that I was writing a lot of songs um, from lines of literature that I was enjoying. Um, I'm sure that comes as a surprise to all of our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so so the song that we use is kind of the theme song for this podcast is uh, "Follow Me, Sancho," which is uh, based on Don Quixote, and I've written a song called "Plate My Enemy" based on a line from Shakespeare, um, which is "Plate a sinner in gold, 
the strong lance of justice breaks. But arm him in rags, and even the pygmy's straw will pierce him. Hmm. And uh, wrote a song off of that, and another one off of Count of Monte Cristo, Misfortune. Um, and so I, I decided, you know, if I ever get around to, I don't know, getting in a studio or, um, you know, figuring out how to mix with acceptable sound quality <laughs> um, that I would name my album uh, Lit Songs because based on literature. It's getting uh, lit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're, they're pretty lit songs. I mean, most of them have been sung around campfires, so what's more lit than that? True. Yeah. So, well, you know, Taylor Swift uh, is holding a lighter in the on the cover. You're right. Midnight's. The YouTube version of it has the the, the flame keeps keeps flickering as you're listening wow. to it. It's kind of cool. Nice. I just I did want to say I I liked um, you're on your own, kid. I, I like that mm. one. Let me balance out my make my hole a little less deep. Thanks for sharing about your kind of concept album coming up. Um, yeah. And thanks for doing an episode kind of in we've done kind of two episodes now. Our last two have both been in response to things that have just happened, which I know mm-hmm. is not like, it's not the typical feel of this podcast. I don't think most, epi- most of our episodes won't be that type of thing. Um, even if they are somewhat related to what's happening in the world, um, yeah. they're not chosen you know, because they're the, the, the main topic. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how many more of these types of episodes we'll do. Um, but thanks for stepping outside of your comfort zone and talking with, talking about something that, uh, I've enjoyed. Um, and I don't think anybody could, could put forth a, a compelling thesis that Taylor Swift is not one of the primary storytellers who's impacted, um, our country in the last 15 years um just uh, there's there's no way uh, even even if you're not listening to taylor swift um like that doesn't mean that taylor swift's not impacting the culture around us um and that also doesn't mean that you know you have to like taylor swift um but i i appreciate your space hunter saying hey like um your approach to taylor swift is very different from that to um ernest klein Right. What I did, what you said about Ernest Klein was, <laughs> you don't waste any more of my time. I won't waste any more of your time. Um, <laughs> you didn't say that about Taylor Swift, and and I think that no. says something, um, you know, about yeah. The, the, I'm not pouring one out. I'm just drinking what I'm what I'm puts in my glass. Yeah, I mean, because even if this was the worst Taylor Swift album yet, uh, I I still don't think it'd be that bad because. I think her art's pretty good yeah. and, and I appreciate her storytelling and I in many ways appreciate stories that aren't being told to me. Um, and I don't mm. think her stories are primarily being told um, to me or to you. Um, I think they're maybe being told to other people um, and they're lifting up different stories that we don't even know or have never heard um, because nobody has shared them with us. Um, mm-hmm which is a, a, a cool thing um, that we can um, interact with. But 
if we keep going, then I'm just going to say you're on your own, kid. Um, and while I'm maybe the mastermind behind this particular episode, I hope you don't maroon me in any future ones. Uh, any question? <laughs> I've got a whole lot of sweet nothing. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, uh, I hope that this <laughs> album has... Uh, uh, this conversation has been interesting to you out there. Um, and while it might be uh, out of left field, it's not as crazy as snow on the beach. <laughs> Hunter just gave me a, I am not worthy. That was, that's what I saw you just do. Uh-huh. You just laugh. When it comes to puns, I just, yeah. Tap now. <laughs> Dear reader, goodbye. <laughs>